0: Welcome, fellow pilgrims. A pilgrimage is a journey, it's a journey we go on. Depending on your faith, you can make a pilgrimage to many different locations of spiritual interest around the world. But there are many different forms of pilgrimage. This is a journey, a journey back in faith to our ancestors. In other cultures, you could call it Spirit Walking. I'm your guide and brother, Paul, and welcome to this part one of our ancestral pilgrimage. Hello to you all. Whether you are podcasting, streaming, or on social media services, I ask you now to subscribe or to follow this series, and please don't listen to everything all at once. Rather, give yourself time to absorb the content, contemplate and reflect upon the journey, and as always, pray. Like everything else, it does take time to research and prepare, and if you are able to donate or help financially or otherwise, please go to the web page at www.pilgrimshub.com and you can access other useful information on the site there. Like many journeys we may go on, it is necessary to prepare oneself for the trip. And I ask of you the same here today. If you take a physical journey to another country, you will meet different cultures, traditions and customs that will be different to your own. You need to prepare and pack the right clothes for the journey. You may try different foods, speak different languages and more. Still eventually, upon returning home again, you will now have a fuller picture and a better understanding of the place where you just journeyed to. With this spiritual journey, it requires the same principles, so I ask you, regardless of your faith or denomination, or whatever teachings you have may received at school or university, to not challenge the journey, but rather open your mind to let the light in, ponder the mystery and the message as you journey closer to God. The world at the time of Abraham was, without a doubt, heading in the wrong direction, and this was not necessarily intentional. The biggest issue it had was idol worship, and it seems hard to believe that if we follow a simple Bible timeline from Adam, pretty much the whole world was now into idol worship. The Babylonians had their gods, and the Egyptians had their gods. Also, certainly the two biggest empires at the time. To get a simple grasp on this, we have to understand the world in their own time and the events leading to this. Before the time of Noah, we are told of the help man received from the angels. Then we are told of the trouble it caused by inbreeding with these beings. Whether one likes it or not, this association between mortal man and superior beings is prevalent in all leading religions. This then leads to a necessary flood created by God. The remaining human life left rebuilds and some with resentment towards God for the destruction of the world they knew rather than looking at the situation as reconstruction and liberation from the overpowering angelic beings, we all feel safe going back to what we have known. Now the angelic beings that had opted to remain with mankind after the creation were there to instruct and teach, but not to dictate and rule as they did. This inbreeding and bloodline issue was supposed to be eradicated but it regained prominence. Mankind was used to treating these ruling dictators as gods. So even when taken off the scene, they then associated them with the stars, some being locked up because they were a bad influence, others bound to watch over the watchers. Because some people had obviously benefited from the old rulers, they reintroduced their practices and beliefs. Followers then would receive favours from now the old gods for staying loyal to their practice and traditions. But times are changing, and in this time of excessive wealth and idolatry, a great king Nimrod is paranoid. He is not of the correct bloodline that the real God has chosen as he knows it. A young man had been left in charge of his father's shop. They sold little statues and figurines of all the different gods. He'd helped his father make these figurines for years, and he was well informed about each character and its benefits for the local people. Some were for fertility, wealth, happiness, and many more things that we all pray for and wish we had. Seeing the devotion of the people to such idols, though, did not help the young man with his own struggle to believe in these gods. After all, he had manufactured them himself. He questioned the priests in the areas and the other members of his family, but no one could address the simple fact that to him they were not gods at all. One day, when a man who was around 50 years old came into the store to purchase an idol, the young man questioned him and asked why would he worship an idol that was just a few days old when clearly he was over 50. Later a lady came in and asked if she could offer a bowl of flour to the gods and then left. The young man grew angry and frustrated and picking up a stick of wood, he went about the store and smashed them all, leaving just one large idol behind – Then he put the stick he had used in its hand. His father returned and in a rage accused him of destroying his store and all the idols and demanded to know why. The man explained how a lady had come in offering a bowl of flour to the idols but when she had left they had all fought over it and the largest one had grabbed a stick and smashed the others. His father went out and told the priests and the people in the city about what had happened. The people came back to the shop furious with the young man and asked why he had done such a sacrilegious thing. And if it wasn't him, then who had done it? He responded that they should ask the large idol holding the stick. It looked like that idol had obviously done it after all. He was holding the stick. The people grew enraged, knowing all too well that the idol could not have possibly done this work. To which the young man responded, then why do you pray to them and ask them for assistance when it's clear that the largest one can't even smash the smallest of them? It has no power. It is powerless. The outraged people wanted to kill him or sacrifice the young man straight away, but the king, whose name was Nimrod, then questioned him and suggested that he worship fire instead. But the young man objected. Water can put out fire. Then we shall worship water, replied the king. The young man responded again. Clouds hold water. So let us worship the clouds, proposed the king. But the wind scatters the cloud, the young man answered. Then it is the wind we will worship, the king announced. Man withstands the wind the young man retorted, making the king mad. In his anger, the king publicly declared, I only bow to fire, and he arranged to have the young man thrown into an oven of fire. Let the god to whom you bow come and save you now, challenged the king. The younger man's brother too was thrown into the oven, but not believing as fervently, as the young man did, he was burned to death. However, the young man emerged unscathed, with the fire only burning the ropes that bound him. After this, the king left him alone, and the father and his son returned home. Shortly afterward, the young man started on his pilgrimage, taking his father and wife, his cousin Lot, he left the city In search of faith, the young man was Abraham. This is why Abraham is referred to as our father in faith. All Christian faiths come from the same father. Abraham. The Jewish faith, the Christian faith and the Muslim faith all start here. The story I've just retold is one of the traditional stories about Abraham leaving the city of Ur of the Chaldeans. It's not found in the Bible but in other literature. All too often we only look to our own teachings for the truth and we assume that that truth must lie in what we have already been taught. The problem is that each culture, race Educational institution and faith wants to promote its own doctrine as the truth. And in doing so, we miss the real truth. Maybe we adhere to some practice or maybe we choose to bind ourselves to some set of laws or some account of origins or whatever our truth comes from. The key issue is that it is in the interests of each institution religious, educational or otherwise, to declare that they alone have the truth. Different countries and cultures all suffer from the same problem, and yet many of these cultures share the same teaching, using very familiar stories. This story is found in the Quran and in the Jewish Midrash, a reference text for the Jews. There also are slight variations of the narrative, The outcome is still the same. Abraham and his journey in the Bible have their origins further back in time than the Jewish and Muslim tradition. He is also found in the Hindu religion. Brahma is the Hindu god of creation and his wife Sarah Savati is the Hindu goddess of knowledge and wisdom. Despite language differences regarding vowels, these names have the same meanings as the biblical ones and the characters follow very similar storylines. And yet the story goes even further back into the time of the Egyptians, back to the gods of Ra and Cyrus. This is the god that Abraham was looking for. We are all looking for truth but it's not found in a book of custom or tradition. These practices, writings and traditions are there to guide you. The Bible or your religious text depending on your faith is the guidebook for your soul. Never forget that. It's not an historical factual book and it doesn't need to be. It is the teachings you take away from the readings and writings of your faith's founders that are meant to guide your soul. The setting chosen and the time frame are all crucial to gaining knowledge of the truth. So whether it is factually true or not is irrelevant. But to attain the message in the writings, you must first recreate the scene as if it were real. This is the case with all scriptures. Recreating the scene and observing it is the first step to understanding the truth. Today's journey started with a single step. A young man who put aside all distractions and teachings that had led him into a religious practice that failed to help him learn about God. Instead, he chose to find the true God. That individual is you today, starting out on your own personal pilgrimage to grow in faith and draw nearer to God. Like many journeys into the unknown, it requires faith. But trust me, God is with you every step of the way. Abraham does not need to literally get put into a furnace by King Nimrod. Rather, the fire is the young man's interrogation by Nimrod about his beliefs. When our faith is being cross-examined, We may not have all the answers, but in the heat of the moment, when all hope seems lost, God often reveals himself to us again. Talk with him in your heart and mind, and don't be afraid to question. It's there that you will find the answers. Your whole being is designed to draw near to God. Your mind and soul are always seeking God. Don't let the world and all its distractions shut God out. I love Abraham and this is why I'm excited to share this pilgrimage with you as we journey together in faith. Lastly, please don't rush ahead and listen to the next episode but rather subscribe to the channel and like it or follow the webpage. Proceed to the next episode tomorrow or whenever you're ready. Remember what is gained quickly is lost quickly. Give it time to grow so it lasts forever. You've been listening to Brother Paul take you on an ancestral pilgrimage. God bless.